When the leaves turn brown, they come a tumbling down. Remember. Oh, it's autumn. There is a chill in the air and a chill in our podcast coffers. If you like Crisis Twin, consider donating a small monthly surcharge to the podcast that will help support the operating costs and just general good vibes of this enterprise. It's completely optional and you can donate as much or as little as you want, but much like Melissa Leo once said, consider stay warm. Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. (sighs) Okay, I kind of ran out of steam there, but joining me today (laughs) is beloved oomph, the oomph of the world, the very, 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 very funny Mike Leo. Hi. Finally. Hi, King. How's it going? It's going. What a treat to finally have you through these hallowed hallowed halls or whatever it's such an honor to be here i've been dreaming of this my whole life is it is i think it's going to be a meeting of the minds today like we have a lot of conversational topics to to chew through um i really am sorry that you're seeing me in like disarray right now like this like i usually try to be a little bit more presentable for company but um I'm living in a like FEMA disaster zone right now. Um, and it's uh, <laughs> due to I thought I thought I just saw George Bush walk by. Oh, yeah, no, I like he slip sliding all over um all over my kitchen. So like for those who uh, well, I don't know who would have seen it actually because I didn't say anything out there Twitter <laughs> circles. um I my kitchen flooded while I was in uh, DC for the holiday break. And it 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 is what a plumber referred to as a grease flood, um, a disgusting cornucopia of a phrase that, like, essentially, like my sink was full of grease. <laughs> I'm I'm explaining this so horribly. I'm so sorry, everyone. We're I'm centered. It's Sunday morning and like we never record on Sunday morning and I am like not with it today. Um, but the yeah, it like got all over my kitchen, like my under cupboard under my sink ruined. Um, oh, my God. I've done four rounds of Swiffering now on my floor. I mean, it's just it's rough stuff in here right now. It's really rough. That is, yeah, that's, that sounds very unideal. I mean, the nice part about living in an apartment is that we all test to deal with the overall issue, but the the floor situation is definitely much in your hands. It, it's a little yucky. Um, That's the technical term for it. And like my dishwasher is like out of whack. I have to get a plumber in later today to like fix that. Like it's just, it's a nightmare. I really like my apartment. I I think the building itself is great. 
but and this is the first time I've ever had any sort of maintenance issue except for the time the inside of my bathroom wall caught on fire um <laughs> the day of the pride parade um which felt very like Moses with the God striking back yeah. <laughs> He was like, you're going to oh have a rough God. day. And I got my phone stolen that day, too. It was that that was not um, God was not smiling upon me that day, even a little bit. Everybody, but, please send your thoughts and prayers to Drew over at Crisis Twink Pod. I please like I. I beg for your money. I like inundate you with ads. <laughs> and now I'm asking for your sympathy, <laughs> like in this in this time in which i mean there are so many things wrong with this world there's not a lot of sympathy to just hand out like no one has a bottomless well of it and here i am asking for people to shower me with thoughts and prayers for a problem that is ultimately my own doing during these unprecedented times yeah we have to extend grace to those who need it i guess but I'm not going to, but like also, okay, this is my problem though. They always say, don't pour grease down your sink because it's bad for the environment. I get that. Where is it supposed to go? You're supposed to like keep like a little and like pour it into that. Like they make these little, like they look like almost a baby trash can that you can like fill with a liner and then you pour it into that or like you can just pour it into a Tupperware or something. I try to not put it down the drain, especially if it's like that somebody owns. If it's like, I'm going to get like killed by my leasing company. (laughs) Yeah. If it's like a large building or something like I don't really care as much. Somebody else will handle it then. But like if it's like my parents' house, I'll be a little more cautious to not put it down the drain no that's that's fair i'm pretty sure my parents put it down the drain though too so you know what i maybe it's just because i wasn't raised right that's the crux of the issue the crux of a lot of my issues is that i just simply wasn't raised right but i i don't see i don't know maybe i'll do the tupperware that just seems so icky though but like Sometimes it is, no, we have to Yeah. A lot of times, like, what the most ideal thing to do is get it into, pardon me, get it into some other vessel and then, like, put that vessel in the fridge or the freezer to harden it. And then you can just, like, oh. throw it out. Yeah, I once saw... Or, actually, I feel like I've seen these products that you, like, pour it in and it makes it hard. I'm sure yeah, that's I, really good for the environment. I saw on TikTok, um, in Japan, they have, like, gelatin tablets essentially that are like oil like oil friendly gelatin tablets that like harden the oil and you can like take it out like one of those like it looks like like a silicone implant kind of thing once you're once it's done and then you just toss that in but like i think those are like 80 dollars a pack or something and i'm like that seems a little but now, I mean, clearly my current situation is untenable. And what's also untenable is, like, I have now spent, like, seven minutes talking about a grease flood <laughs> in my own kitchen, which is not how I wanted to start this off. But, like, <laughs> I am so rarely under duress like this that, like, <laughs> I feel like I have to just, like, I'm I'm trauma dumping. I'm trauma dumping, and it's not not ideal, but it is what it's going to no, you're, be. No, you're valid for that. Thank you for seeing me. Thank you for recognizing my pain. 
Um, we so, also have to recognize that it's time for our first segment. So, Mike, we're going to play Ring the Alarm. I am going to present you it. with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history. And you're going to decide whether or not to ring the alarm. There are no wrong answers here, but your choice is binary. Are you ringing the alarm or not? Okay, cool. And it's not like you can ring the alarm or not ring the alarm on any of them, correct? Yeah, you can. There, okay. the you have two options, but like, I, I I've picked some doozies of topics today, so <laughs> we might be ringing a lot of alarms. And we also haven't recorded a not to talk about like the behind the scenes of recording a podcast but i have not recorded an episode in two weeks the one y'all heard this past week was recorded two weeks ago so we have a lot of things to catch up with too um wow so for me huge this first topic i think is even older than two weeks ago but like i need to talk about it because i cannot escape this song Sam Smith and Kim Petras hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with the song Unholy. Are you ringing the alarm? I'm I, I'm ringing the alarm in that I keep seeing a song. I keep seeing that it's on the charts. I have not listened to this song once. I have not, I have not contributed a stream to this song. That is very powerful allyship that you've done <laughs> like you are yeah. being very like sister powerful to the hater community here because that yeah. song does not deserve any streams whatsoever and i cannot believe it's as popular as it is no like at the root of it i'm i'm a hater through and through it's <laughs> my core my core being um and so i was really really happy to stand with the community on this one i have heard the song like in tiktoks i saw that that tiktok of Smith in the street making his little their sorry, making their little dance. And I oh my just God. that was that was a lot to take in. I think I watched like seven times in a row. Um but I just like the song is not good. It's horrible. It sounds like a mu- like a musical. I don't know. I I just I don't get the core concept of it. I don't know what like I, I like I don't know what like the sexual politics of it are supposed to be. I, I I just find the whole concept very confusing, and I don't know why people latched onto it so immediately. Okay, why they were so excited about it? Why they were promoting it so much? <laughs> I, it's it's just I, like the, they couldn't come up with anything better between the two. Like I I will like I'm not saying Sam Smith bad artist or anything like they have songs that i do enjoy yeah but them and kim they couldn't they couldn't come up with anything better yeah like and there are so many cooks in the kitchen in this song too like i think there are like 10 writers kim i mean hasn't made music i've liked in a long time but like she's or she's like capable of making good pop music Sam Smith also very yeah. capable of making some good pop music, and I wish they would lean into dance music a little bit more than whatever this is. But yeah, it's bog mind boggling. I love that TikTok though of <laughs> them making their own TikTok. Like, there's something so funny about taking the sound out of a video. 
I don't know what like that sounds so crazy. Like that's such a basic thing to say, but like I think Wait, about they, that. Did they put like a sneaker noise over it too? Like a sneaker on hardwood floor noise yeah. thing. <laughs> like, do you remember that? Um I, this is such like a defining internet text for me. That video that someone did of the Wendy Williams show where they just like replaced it with complete silence and like fully sound effects, like <laughs> same <Yeah>. vibe. <laughs> the woman coughing like <laughs> in the audience. Like I, yeah, people were, but like, I, I also don't know anyone who actually likes the song. So it's like, are people hate listening to this all the way to how many streams does it have on Spotify? It was something like massive the last time I looked. 500 million streams in two months. I don't believe that. That's, That's crazy. I, I, I don't even, the song doesn't even seem like hate listenable. Like I, I'm an Ed Sheeran hater through and through, but like yeah. I'll even, I'll toss him a stream every now and then. Yeah. I like, I, I mean, I will listen to bad habits. Like I, you know, there are very few artists I'm just not going to listen to on principle or whatever. Like, I, I'm pretty flexible, but like, I don't know. I guess like I've, I don't think TikTok really contributes to like streams or sales or anything, but like I'm definitely participating in like the unholy revenue stream somehow against my will. Yeah. And that's, that's what guess- Elon should be focusing on this like, like data privacy be damned content moderation who gives a fuck no no unholy on the charts please and i don't want to invalidate yeah. um the work of two uh trailblazing trans artists but like your song blows chunks blows chunks and yeah. like it's <laughs> just congrats on your history but um do better please um yeah just just do a little better next time well that was also a bad segue into our next topic, actually. Um, Ethel Kane's whole thing. Are you ringing the alarm? That's a tough one. I don't know if I've given this enough thought on my own. Um, I would say I would like I would like tap the alarm, maybe not like a full ring, but just give it like a little a little gentle, gentle vibration, if you will. Yeah. I, it's very interesting to see, um, and I admittedly have not gotten like super into Ethel Kane beyond like a few of the songs off the recent album, but I'm very fascinated by her vibe. It's very like Lana Del Rey to the extreme type of situation. Um, yeah, I very interesting to see her <laughs> interact on social media and stuff, and when it's... she gets like mad. It's such a crazy dichotomy too, because the music is so oppressively dark and i i like it like i think american teenager especially is like one of the absolute best songs of the year and then contrasting this like dark southern gothic like yeah like lana vibe with whatever the hell she's doing on social media at any given time like it's I think she's really funny, but I also sort of think she's teetering into, like, Phoebe Bridgers, like, people who eat croissants are dangerous or whatever territory. Sure. No, it's, um, I was just trying to see, there's, like, one tweet, here it is, 
if you, she tweeted one time, if you compare me to Lana Del Rey, I'm literally not reading your shit. <laughs> I just, she's like, she's just like very funny. She doesn't take anything very seriously, which I love. It's like a really good quality in a, a, a social figure. Yeah. Um, but it's so funny because of like her entire look and her vibe. And then she's like doing, I don't even know what brand it was. Like, uh, Oh yeah. She walked for Givenchy like a month ago. Givenchy. Yeah. To like see that, like it's it's all just like one giant juxtaposition. Yeah, I'm really interested to see where she goes from here too, because I feel like she's in that like internet mega fame spot that so many of the like indie alt girlies are. But now the reason I put this on was like two weeks ago she like sicked the Amish community on Drake for yes disparaging oh, yeah, stallion and she was getting written up in bossip in shade room and all these sites of like ethel kane is like crossing over into like mass tabloid culture yeah now. like that's kind of crazy for someone who's Which, so backing mean. up she was she was so right to set to sick the Amish community yeah. on drake she was very valid for that she was very valid for that he deserves it I I do have to say though, I gave his new album a listen through over the Thanksgiving break. I kind of liked it. I I don't know. I, mean, I kind of like, like it. It's, it's better like, than like. I kind of liked it a lot. Yeah, like it's. I think Drake is capable of making some really good music. I like Certified Lover Boy was a flop. I think like the House album. Everyone forgot about that. Pretty quickly but like there were some there was some good stuff on it it just like really suffered in comparison to like it coming out three weeks before renaissance did and i mean drake yeah. is no be drake, drake he's no beyonce <laughs> like he is no beyonce but he just the, doesn't happen it just doesn't happen but um i really like how like sort of I don't want people I don't want to get in trouble for saying this he's like 21 Savage brings out like a very like zesty fruity side of him that I I really I it tickles me I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it it brings out bottom Drake it is bottom like he like whenever um he's like calling in 21 but he's like doing this the whole time can you do something for me (laughs) it's so I really I really really like that song um I don't know. Maybe Ethel Kane should collab with him as like a peace offering, but like he's really on my shit list, and she was right to call the Amish community on him. I just, I, you know, the internet is not a good space in general, but the internet is really not a good space for famous people. Like terminally online celebrities always meet some sort of like backlash or reckoning or like open themselves up to just getting clowned on a more regular basis and I don't I think she's like very savvy in a way that like I mean Phoebe Bridgers is and isn't but I don't know I just it's it's we're monitoring the situation I think for sure yeah we're, we're definitely keeping a close eye it's also like hard to be a celebrity and be a shit poster like that's not like a it's a very difficult balance to uphold because you at some point need to like stop or else you're like just tainting your image constantly yeah or like 
I mean, the reverse, like you start off as a shit poster and then become a groundbreaking artist, like Doja Cat, That's which true. like I've said faggot 15,000 times. I think gay is okay. And like all those Ice Spice tweets that were coming up recently. <laughs> oh, what a, what a joy. Hand, handle it. Handle it. <laughs> I trust her though. I like um mark Wahlberg was saying some stupid shit again earlier this week and i always think about how he said in an interview like 15 years ago that if he was on like flight united 93 the plane wouldn't have crashed and yeah. but like i i do believe that like if we had sent ice spice in like like she would have handled it like i trust hey, ice things, spice to handle it more than things would have ended very differently very differently um i do believe like i just find her completely charming too like and talk about like good music too like i it it does help when like these internet famous people are actually making good stuff because like you know if if someone was shit posting but also making like absolute garbage like i mean kim used to shit post all the time and like yeah i think that we got slut pop because she was like like the mean she needed to be quirky dream. again yeah yeah and you can't what were your thought what were your thoughts on slut pop so we did an episode friend of the pod um will adams and i did an episode on it back in february or march um it's i think it's horrible like i think i think mm-hmm. it's really really horrible has not aged even a little bit well and i'm kind of surprised like i kind of forgot it came out this year like it just yeah Came it seems like, like it was like two years ago at this point well she's definitely in like another era right now too because like i mean unholy i think is going to be the beginning of a new i mean i want success for her like the dr luke stuff is really bad yeah and I, she is like also lying through her teeth right now like i um allegedly i don't want people getting litigious with me but the she did some interview around unholy where she was like yeah i'm working with other collaborators um who are not dr luke but that's not necessarily true like she's still signed to like essentially a lifetime publishing and master's deal with them like yeah just it you know it that it's different than like um actually like co-writing songs with him and stuff but you're still collaborating she's misrepresenting the situation in a way that i find a little fraudulent (laughs) it's fraudulent deceit it's deceit it's queer deceit and we don't need that right now um okay speaking (laughs) of queer deceit last subject sean mendes is dating a 50 year old chiropractor i I'm going to ring the alarm because it's Sean Mendes yeah. just in general. Um, yeah. Everything he does got to, got to keep the alarm ring. I just, it's look, Sean Mendes is not gay. I am like, I'm very sure of this. I, I just, I think he's like a straight man with one of those voices, which I like, I know so many of them. It is really unfortunate. Like, he just happens to be a little fruity. He's not yeah. gay. He just It's like straight theater kid energy. It's like it's like a step away from Matthew Morrison. Like I don't think <laughs> yeah. it's like but like he just cannot help himself. Like putting yourself in situations 
where you're just going to get a lot of like negative well not okay what's negative about this i guess nothing like dating nothing. a 50 year old chiropractor as a 24 uh, year old canadian pop star is not bad or it does not reflect poorly on his character or anything but there's just it's something, interesting it's interesting like it's the last thing he needs is to be interesting you know like he's yeah. been too interesting arguably for years now and only his personal life like the music is so vanilla like that's what i was about to say like it's not like his music is like going cra- like i like some of his songs but like it's not like his music is like anything crazy or anything like super special lately the only time you hear about him is because of like the whole the whole senorita sponsorship uh relationship and yeah now like, his his williamsburg era and going on like to... paparazzi walks like with in like your sweatpants getting like flower tattoos like i mean it is like it's kind of like a slightly watered down version of the harry styles issue like harry styles presents himself so much more interestingly and leads such like an interesting tabloid life that is not at all reflected in the music like it's so yeah. and both of them make like really maroon five like current day maroon yeah. five stuff to me like like these men are so interesting but and yet like you would think the art would be better if you're leading such a like a rich inner life you know yeah but we didn't not. i could have put the harry um Harry Styles and Olivia break up on this game too. I forgot that happens like within the past week yeah. or two. You already started talking about it, so it's I feel like it's fair game. It's fair game. I don't like I guess I don't really care. I think they broke up a few months ago and are just like timing this for like PR reasons. But I actually when I saw the headline come out, I was like, Oh, I thought they already did this. <laughs> I thought that was over like a while ago. Well, because they were like barely ever seen in public together, like I mean, we've talked about that press store to death on this podcast, so I don't want to, like, relitigate more of it, but, like, he he didn't claim her ever. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. Like, Well, and they, were, they were barely interacting on the press tour. No. Like, and I just don't find him especially, like, sexy, I guess. Like, I, I just don't, I never really saw them having, like, a lot of chemistry or anything. I, I don't know. It's just, like. Yeah if everything else wasn't so messy about that situation i don't think we would care even a little bit about this but like she they just couldn't help themselves and like i know you're a jason sudeikis head so i won't be saying anything untoward um but like I mean, he also seems like a, a really nutty squirrel too. <laughs> like, I I don't know. No, he he seems he seems absolutely insane. The whole thing about like the salad dressing and everything. That being said, yeah. Jason, if you're listening, give me a call. I'm I'm single and available. Yes, like I that's the kind of love connection I am willing to make on this podcast. Like, but I yeah I don't know what were we even talking about. Um. Uh, oh, chiropractor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sean Mendes, you just need to like just gotta, to I just want to see I do something. Yeah, well, yeah, he needs to yeah, he needs to like get back to I don't know. Has he made music recently? Well, he canceled like his anything. tour for mental health reasons, which unfortunately is also very like fruity. <laughs> like that's very like <laughs> it's very No, I agree. I Okay. 
canceling your tour why are you as a man caring for your mental health (laughs) no like there's something so queer coded about canceling your tour for mental health reasons yeah like yes take some time away from yourself for to like get better but like re-emerging after like months of silence dating a 50 year old chiropractor named jocelyn jocelyn (laughs) like and going to a farmer's market like he also he drake and ariana grande all dress the exact same with those like oversized hoodies (laughs) with like the hands over like like someone needs to step in and get him like an image rethink or something. I, I don't know shift, what needs just to happen. Just an overall vibe shift needs the, to happen. It's so hard to do that though when you've been famous for like almost a decade. Like shifting your vibe. Like male pop stars don't have eras in the same way that female pop stars do. And this yeah. will be a good segue into what we're going to talk about in a second. But like, yes. like I, I cannot see like Sean Mendez really reinventing himself in a way that like feels true or like novel or innovative. Like, I mean, talk about Ed Sheeran, like he, the in Bad Habits and like that whole album, he was like trying to be like a sexy vampire or something. And I was like, this is weird. Like, we don't know you like that. Like, it made me a little uncomfy, to be honest. I think the only male pop star who actually does like eras well, and I think it's really because he just like tweaks himself every time and doesn't do like a drastic overhaul is the weekend. Mm, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. There's very distinct separate vibes from each era, from each album. Yeah. Even, even the most recent two like were the most similar in my mind, but were still very separate. I would also like to say justice for the most recent album because I think people really slept on it. It's so good. And I don't it's know so why good. it like the album before it is hit after hit after hit. And this one kind of is too. And I'm like, why did this one get such a muted reception compared to I feel like I just don't remember it like the time when it was coming out as much. Well, it was January 2022, so it was really early. Okay. And like it wasn't like second lockdown vibes or anything but like i mean it was like you know another variant and like a lot of like bars and stuff closed for like a month or two so like people weren't we were in our, we were in our omicron era <laughs> the omicron our omicron era Ugh, bleep um but i like i don't know i feel like gay people need to uplift the weekend a little bit more i don't i like we need to be we need to be amplified we need to be amplifying our straight Canadian. Yeah, voices. we need to be uplifting our straight our straight brothers because like some of them are actually doing interesting things. Um I my friend Brennan gets so mad at me because he's like, you always like uplift straight guys. Like they don't need this from you. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like I I can't help I can't help it. Some of them are really deserving of praise. And like the weekend is definitely one of those people. I am so excited for the idol too yeah me too i think it's gonna be horrible but i'm going to watch like every all of it because the trailers that they've been releasing are just the same three scenes recut like i'm i don't know where the rest of the footage is like i'm not convinced there's like that means it's either gonna be so 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 bad or so 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 good and either way like they have me in i hope that they release um 
like actual like music with it like jo- oh wait oh her name's jocelyn lily rose depp's pop star character is named jocelyn too is it full circle yeah full that's circle. that's straight strains credulity for me a little bit but like i would like to get a jocelyn like ep like an ashley o styler like what they did for vox sure. lux when not like natalie portman had a pop album which That'd would be, be great i would support that Okay, speaking of eras, we have to move on to this episode's cultural emergency. One of the biggest emergencies we've ever had. Mike, what are you rushing to the ER today? Um, so as as Crisis Twin Podcast number one fan and subscriber, um, <laughs> I was doing my I was doing my weekly listen back through every single episode. I just keep them on a, a, a mm-hmm. loop, um, and I was saying that. Uh, Taylor Swift has never really been formally discussed um, on the pod. And I was thinking after five years, it might be time to do a critical reevaluation of reputation, especially coming out of the heels of Midnight's release and the upcoming tour and everything. Yeah, she's she's on everybody's lips right now. The, The name on everybody's lips right now. You've thrown a grenade into the proceedings of this podcast because talking about Taylor is such a difficult thing to do in the same way that like talking about Nicki Minaj is a difficult thing to do. Like Swifties are so profoundly unwell that I think Mm -hmm. we've just shied away from that by and large over the course of like, how many episodes is this podcast? This is the 92nd episode. And I think this is only the second time we've done a Taylor episode. And the first time was about like Swifties being unwell when we talked, Georgie Morvis and I talked about um, Gaylor, like Mm -hmm. that whole stand theory. That whole thing. Which is like an interesting like through line in a reputation because reputation is, I think the most like Gaylor album, though I don't think, I don't think Taylor's gay, but there are this album really gives a lot of people food for thought and the 50 slide PowerPoint that Georgie showed up to the recording with had like truly insane breakdowns, like line by line breakdowns of overwhelmingly songs from reputation. So yeah. Are you a reputation lover? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, are you a reputation fan? That's confusing. I am. <laughs> um, yes, I am a Reputation fan. I think it's a great album. I actually, so in terms of Taylor, like I, I always listened to her throughout the years in terms, like I would listen to the the popular songs that were coming out, but I never really got into her until the pandemic, like until mm-hmm. after Folklore. Um, and after that, I went back and like kind of re-listened to the albums. And I was surprised to see how many songs I actually knew off of each album. But so that was the first time I really listened to like Reputation all the way through. But I'm definitely a, a big fan of rap. Um, I think it's a very just like well done album. And knowing the context of what was happening in her life and like the her music journey and everything, I think it's a fascinating kind of I'm trying not to say vibe shift, but well, that. it's definitely a vibe shift though. Like, I mean. <laughs> With the benefit of some hindsight, I look at this album a lot more favorably than I did, 
you know, when it actually came out. Historically, this is sad at the bottom of my album rankings of her. I had not re-listened to it in full until this past week um, for a few years. And I was surprised how much I liked it more now. But it's also really similar to, you know, like, I mean, I think like it helps to listen to it back again after Midnight's because I think Midnight's is like a slightly more successful version of what she's trying to do on Reputation. Yeah, I could see that. Taylor was really, Taylor was at her lowest, fat, nasty, and broke. (laughs) (laughs) She had one chance. (laughs) And she kind of whiffed with this. Like, but I mean, at the time, like, I mean, people, I think this is still like the least critically well-received Taylor album. But like the circus around the Kim Ye of it all, plus, I mean, she's never picked good lead singles until like, I mean, recently, I think Anti Here is the best song off of Midnight. So, like, that's a good choice. But, like, look what you made me do. It is a vibe shift. It's shock. It's really it shocking. Is. It's shocking. Yeah. It's jar. If you had listened to just like, you know, if you had listened to 1989 straight through and then listened to, to Look What You Made Me Do, you'd be like, that's not the same person. It's not. Like, it, she's leaning so, okay so at the time I actually liked the song um I was 22 fresh out of college like working in music and I stayed up until like midnight to actually listen to the song and watch the video when it came out I'm you, you met her at midnight per se I I met her at midnight and um I walked into the office the next day expecting everyone to be like whoa like she really did that like she she tore it absolutely crazy and everyone hated it like everyone I worked with hated it and they were like she's it's crickets for her which obviously did not come to pass but like yeah I in I've now sort of met them on that opinion because that to me is one of the two truly unlistenable songs on this album Okay. These days. Interesting. Along with Endgame, I don't... which I think is an embarrassment to all involved. Okay, well, I have yeah, my issue with my issue with the album overall, like the 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 fatal flaw of the album is including Ed Sheeran. Like she needs yeah. to she needs to stop fucking doing that. They all like everyone in Hollywood loves him somehow. Um he must he has, be really he has fun a hard drive somewhere. Or he has a hard drive somewhere with like a lot of very damning information. I, like he he really has like everyone's number. They were talking on Nympho Wars last week about how like Jamie Foxx let him stay in his uh, like guest house for a while back before he was super famous. And I'm like, how does this guy keep like weaseling his way into like it's like Forrest Gump. Like, how are you involved in like a little <laughs> bit of every every bit of American history here? Like, that just it's crazy. To me. Yeah, um, something's not adding up. That is that is a hugely fatal flaw of this album. And I think like the the worst thing you can say about this is she's leaning so hard into her most base lyrical impulses. Like, there's a lot of like bad bitch coffee mug slogans in this album like a lot of really embarrassing like tumblr post lyrics um 
I don't think all a lot this... of just like very Instagram captiony kind of things. Yeah. And this was like the peak, this was like peak like Instagram caption era too. Like we were kind of coming out of the Tumblr era. Like, I mean, it is like, you know, th- whatever the big like heightened emotion of, of like the Trump era too. That's the other thing about this album that yeah. like people were so sour on at the time. Cause like everyone thought Taylor was this like conservative weirdo and like picking Okay, it is it is certainly a choice to do like an anti-media album during the first year of the Trump administration. Yeah. It's it is it was a choice. I don't think it's one that like I think like it's been easier to divorce it from that context in hindsight, but like yeah, I don't know. Not a she wasn't making like smart decisions during this time. Yeah, she was, I don't know, it was also just weird that she went into, like, hiding before and everything. And yeah. It's just very unlike her. But the other, I mean, the other, the biggest thing that I take away from this album is that it, it just, she really leans into her, her biggest theme here, which is being the victim. Yeah. And she really, she essentially made an entire album about that, and I think that's beautiful. It's very Poor Little Rich Girl- in a way that like sometimes is successful and sometimes is not. I it th- I mean it's also her poppiest album too, probably like this in 1989. Like ah, you know, I, I think the more the most successful songs on this are like the songs where she's leaning into like the love affair of it all. Like because this is this she started writing the songs for this around the same time that she started dating Joe Alwyn. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of really like gorgeous, like sweet little stuff on here that I think that's the successful stuff. Like Endgame, Embarrassment, Look What You Made Me Do. Like no one, like this the snake of it all, like absolutely no one needed that. Yeah. Like Yeah, the ones where she's like, I'm to paraphrase like i'm getting back i'm getting revenge yada yada those ones like didn't really hit the ones that were more like like don't blame me um so it goes dancing with our hands tied those kinds of songs the very just like deeper moving songs i'd say those ones were like what really did it for me or at least like what stuck out the most at first songs like those didn't register for me a ton on the first listen in 2017 but like going back and revisiting like they're great and they're they're also like so indicative of where she's gone since then too like i think dancing with your or her hands tied especially is like perfect uh like yeah no no and definitely i don't know who did the i'm looking at the credits here to see who did the production but yeah that's a max martin one i mean it's 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 great little pop song that also like if you told me jack antonoff had done that i would have believed you too his contribution to this album is also great like genuinely great i love getaway car yeah we and we've all seen the making of that about nine million times yeah and i mean that's they've definitely a great song it's so great and i can see why they've like gone back to that well and kind of remade it a thousand more times too because like you know, it's so easy to clown on him these days because he does, like, he is in a rut production-wise. 
and he has dragged a lot of people we love and stand and support into this mm-hmm. rut with him but he is a very good producer with some great instincts and he does this like springsteen bombast so well i really wish he would do more of that and less like i don't know i mean like i also like the the worst thing he's done to me recently is the new claire or not new anymore but like that claro album from 2021 i think is a yeah fast and like yeah it's terrible and he really like drags when he like gets in that like slow mentality like it's really hard for him to like make it sound different song to song and like solar power also kind of have that problem too yeah he just like he doesn't seem like challenged enough or like he doesn't seem like he's being put in situations where he has to like come up with a a new idea or like anything sort of different i also like i think a lot about i forget when you said this this like wasn't that long ago what you were saying something about like he just needs to go to the guitar center and like buy a few more instruments yeah he's just he needs to switch it up a little bit just anything he's using the same like drum pad and drum kit on every song now and i get like i get having an a sonic signature i think that's a very important thing to have especially if you're a producer like you want to have like a consistent little through line in the same way that like a composer would want to have like stylistic through lines and stuff but when you're working with everyone and all these different people's albums start sounding very similar to each other like that's when i think you're you're in danger of repeating yourself so i think he will come back with something really interesting because like i do i do trust him as a producer and he has made some like some of the best records um as a producer like in recent memory but i don't know this is this is great work from him overall though like what else is good on reputation well okay i was a delicate hater for a long time not anymore really yeah i was well it's also one of those things that like i think i wasn't really in the mood for songs that sounded like that at the time and now i very much am yeah i can relate to that it definitely i think it's it's a song that aged very well off of the album and the overall it's very funny because of the whole like track five thing with taylor swift like it's Mm -hmm. a very different track five than like any that had preceded it it's a lot more like fun and yeah not I just do, sad the video for delicate just went viral again pretty recently though because i forgot that was like the one take of her doing like an interpretive dance in a hotel like that is so emblematic of like all of her bad impulses like rolled up into one thing whoever i need to speak to whoever let that idea continue to form and come to fruition because that is that was so bad. I forgot that that popped up like last week. That was just so objectively bad. Yeah. As a video. She's not a great video artist, though. Like, and never really has been. The only two that I really like are You Belong With Me, which is cute, and sure. Blank Space. I honestly don't remember the Blank Space. I, I remember You Belong With Me, though. That's classic. That was well done that was good the rest of her music videos though nothing stands out in my mind nothing was really that good they all just like are fine 
but the one for delicate that just like didn't work that didn't go with the song it didn't none of it makes sense i get like a little angry when i think about it no and like the look what you made me do video is a could a catastrophe like <laughs> like when so this is the other thing whenever she works with todrick hall it the results are just dreck complete dreck like they're shocking they're shocking. shocking i between that and like the you need to calm down video like i she she is a witty funny person lyrically who i don't think has an actual like I don't think she has a handle on like conveying her sense of humor not in song if that makes sense yeah like do you think to hang out with her she would kind of be really annoying most of the time that's a really good question I don't think Taylor is a chick who can hang yeah I think I would I think I would get annoyed with her very quickly like nothing about what we've seen of her for nigh on 20 years now would indicate that she is she has any sort of hang in her at all um except for well okay no like the squad era this was also like the casting yeah. side of the squad era too like the minute the Kimye stuff blew up summer 2016 it was crickets from there like the squad was gone um like her collecting all those friends still did not make her seem like she has any like i she i know she does have friends but like like she she looked a little cooler but she still just seemed weird i think she's really like her circle's small but they're crazy now (laughs) or whatever (laughs) no like i think she hangs out with lord she hangs out with jack and rachel antonoff and now margaret qualley who also seems like she cannot hang even a little bit um no. i think she's still friends with lena too oh my god i forgot about that i forgot about that friend. how could you <laughs> how could you ever forget about it i think about lena dunham as lucky fury <laughs> in the bad blood music video every single day of my life every single day that just like oh my god, god the bad blood poster era was like that kind of was the the reputation era like I the wish prelude. I could go back to the I wish I could go back to the squad era for just like yeah just like a month and she was like bringing out like randos on stage every single tour like Uzo Aduba like Saint, and like Saint Vincent wait. on stage together okay wait we have to we also have to mention the the Reputation Stadium tour guest performances oh yeah. With- Harley XCX and Camille Cabello. So that's chaos. Um, two, also two terminally online people who like really have done themselves no favors by like shit posting. Um, I do. I will always thank Taylor for like introducing Charlie to a wider audience because I do think that actually like worked pretty well from in everyone's yeah. benefit. Um. And I am, by and large, a cami cabby apologist. So, like, I, you know, my critical faculties regarding her are, like, not great. Though, like, I all of, I talk about a meme queen recently. Like, her whole, like, sketch comedy pivot that she's, like, started doing, I think is intolerable. It is. 
Yes, I concur. You cannot be doing front-facing video comedy in 2022. I'm sorry, like almost 2023. Like we need to move on from that. Like it's like a blockable offense. Yeah, I, she might already be blocked on my. <laughs> this like reputation was Taylor's like front-facing video comedy era, though. In a lot of ways, like all these like cheeky little sketches and like Easter eggs, and it just like I don't know. I think if this album had been presented any other way or titled anything different, people would not have like batted an eye about any of it. But like, I don't know. There's some like in all of like people criticized it for her like selling out into pop like a ton, which I think is a weird critique given that 1989 is like so poppy too. But like, I think some of the best music artist and the yeah. goal is to sell as much music as possible so whatever like, whatever note you have to hit to make it more interesting for everyone go for it no that i mean it's 100 true but like i also think some of the popular songs on here are like the more successful ones too like i really like ready for it and always have mm-hmm. i know a lot of people are not super thrilled about that song gorgeous i also think is like pretty close to perfect i actually think gorgeous might be my favorite song on this album what about you i've grown i that's a toughie i think my top top would have to be that's honestly really hard really like don't blame me really like dress dress is great and call what you want. I don't know. There's like five songs that are like my top one, but gorgeous. I like didn't like it first, and it grew on me over time. There's just something about like the change of vibe in like coming out of so it goes that I didn't love, but the song itself, like on its own, I do like. It's like a little truffle. Like it's it's very like sugar sweet, very like cutesy, but like she's I like it when she gets like a little witty and playful, and that song is very like like I'm fun <laughs> which she's like i'm at home with my cats alone oh like, it's very it's very i don't know it's Ugh. funny i i do not like it when she leans into the cat lady of it all but that is not something that's like fixable in any way so yeah, that's that's it's too late for that one um where like if you don't need to like give the overall ranking of every album, but like, where does reputation sit for you? That's a good question. I think honestly, I need to do some like critical self reflection to really do a full ranking mm-hmm. for myself. But I would say it's like definitely towards the top. Okay. Um, I really like my big lover appreciator. That's an album that like really, really grew on me over time um and i'm a big fan of that so that's i would say it's i would probably put it under lover but still still high up there interesting yeah i i don't think this is like this is definitely not at the bottom bottom anymore but it's definitely it's in the lowest tier for me still i think this i think this is better than lover i went back and listened to lever 2 after reputation and lever also has some like pretty like dumb stuff on i mean including the worst song she's ever written me um yeah 
objectively the worst song probably starting, made ever. God, I mean, starting that era with me and um, and you, you need, need to calm, calm down, down back to back. Like my God, like let's talk about someone needing to like intervene. Like she is so bad at picking lead singles because like the rest of that album is nothing like me and you need to no. calm down. But like those two. And like a few like paper rings and a few other things that are like really corny, really drag it down. But also, why did we need Brendan Yuri on there? Why, why did he need to get involved? I think she really wanted like a big, like current, just like like a commercial like sellout moment because like Reputation singles by and large did not do very well. Um, you need to calm down, top the chart, or no, I'm sorry, um, look what you made me do, pop the charts. I think ready for it and hold on, let me look at the ready for it went top 10, but delicate did not peak. delicate. I think peaked at like number 11 or number 12, like that never cracked the top 10. And I don't think anything else really charted outside of just like, you know, charting on the way that like a streaming, a big album, like all that songs end up getting like on the charts somehow, you know, like, yeah. I mean, midnight, she took up the entire top 10. So like, it's really, it's a worse problem now than it used to be, but like there are not a lot of big hits on reputation. And I think the songs that people really gravitate towards are the B sides. Yeah. Which is, I would agree with that. It's a very strong B sides album though. Like I, and the same with that, I think like midnights is also a really strong beast and lover. Like a lot of her like later period work are all pretty strong B side albums yeah yeah you kind of have to like spend some time with it and see what see what speaks to you a little more but going back to the charts thing not to not to get drake mm-hmm. back involved do you see the thing when he posted what after he put his album out it got everything except for number one yeah. and he put like some emojis over it he needs to stay out of women's business like it is so um the <laughs> caddy to keep like coming for all these like women and their accomplishments like this like yeah taylor swift is the most famous person in music right now like probably the only person who is on like a bigger commercial playing field than drake right now why wouldn't like i I, he has to like expect this a little bit you know even just to like he didn't even have to say anything about it he could have just like not covered it up he didn't even have to say like congrats taylor he could have just not covered it the emojis he chose were so strange too because they were like the like head on the palms like phew kind of emoji <laughs> and like, it, like it's like self-care like spa emojis kind of and i'm like this is so like he is really... i'm not gonna i'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it on the podcast, but like what I'm imagining is something that Snooki said to to Mike the situation mm-hmm. during one of the filmings of the Jersey Shore. Yes, I I know exactly I know exactly what you're saying here. And I'm sure I'm sure the intrepid listeners do as well. I like so Taylor and Drake were supposed to collab once upon a time, though. There is that like persistent rumor. Um that they were supposed to do something, I believe, for Reputation. Oh, okay. I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I mean, that collab obviously hasn't seen the light of day. And now it definitely won't. Because, like, if 
if there's someone who's going to hold a grudge, it's uh, Taylor Allison Swift. It's, it's, um, it's Ms. Swift. Ms. Swift. Um, I, I don't think we're. I I don't think that would be good. Like I don't see how. I mean, she she de- clearly does not work well with rappers in general. Like, and I truly think Endgame is a colossal embarrassment, um, for all involved. And I don't really want to see her doing like kind of anything different than like what she's successful at like yeah her innovate like the innovation that she's been most like successful with to me recently it was like pivoting into like more explicit storytelling like third person storytelling in um folklore like that that was yeah i mean a lot of that album sounds very sonically similar but like the lyrics are so good there like and it's such a good exercise for her that like I don't know. It was nice. Yeah, <gasps> she really she kind of freaked it with the lyrics. <laughs> she freaked it severely. Um, well, I think we have to move on to our final segment, actually. Yeah. So, Mike, we are going to play tear the community apart. We've done it a lot already right. today, but we're going to do it some more. The rules are very, <laughs> very simple. I have picked two songs, and you're going to tell me which one is better. All right, I'm ready. Okay. There's one thing I love. It's having an opinion. Well, you're on the podcast to do it. So I threw it back a little bit for for this week's Tear the Community Apart. These songs are about 20 years old. Both of them come from Disney Channel stars of the early to mid 2000s. Both moderate chart hits that have taken on like an outsized importance in like the late stage millennial to Gen Z cusp imagination. I think two perfect 10 out of 10 songs too. So which song is better? Come Clean by Hilary Duff or Potential Breakup Song by Ali and AJ? Wow. That is a toffee. First of all, amazing three amazing ladies mm-hmm. on the on the ballot um honestly i have to say potential breakup song okay. like that song i forget i don't even know i was literally talking about the song like a few days ago i don't remember who it was with but that song was so like ahead of its time they like they were if imagine imagine if they had made that like out of the context of disney and hadn't been like so muted because they made that remix a few years ago where they got to swear and stuff and yeah it was not that was not an additive wrong. remix necessarily no but. it wasn't needed but like had they been able to like make something somewhere in between there at the time i think that would have done even more crazy but i just like i just that's a song that like you always hear and you always feels like the first time every time you listen to it i feel yeah. like come clean is also an amazing song Hilary Doff, I feel like, is not given enough credit in her recording music. Don't don't you we don't you say Hillary Sparks tried to save pop music in 2015 and you let it flop. <laughs> like I I don't want that energy on this podcast. Like no, no, that's not. <laughs> talk about a bad music video too. Like I'm glad she released an unedited or the edited version that cut out all like the Tinder mentions and stuff. Cause like it's <laughs> I love that. I do love that song, though. That's a Toflo um, co-write, too. Is it? Mm-hmm. No Her impact. Way. 
Her impact. That's wild. But like, I don't know. I liked I liked some of uh Hillary Duff's like older stuff, but I also loved Hillary's um her lovely uh what was it Good Morning America performances. Oh. All of her soft choreo, the hand, the one-handed cartwheel situation. Her brown hair era because she was like a bad girl. (laughs) (laughs) I love that that like, that was such a simpler time too. Like when people dyeing their hair brown or black was like. um, It's like their villain moment. Their villain, their reputation era. Or like you could, you could do it reverse to like Ashley Simpson's, um, underappreciated third album bittersweet world where she went blonde instead of black um to signify that she wasn't going to be um she wasn't it's not the ashley we thought you know yeah i have that was like barely a sentence but (laughs) (laughs) no she's like i'm doing something new and different you haven't seen this before the lead single for that album is so slept on and also like very similar to potential breakup song actually in the like it's like this kind of like new wave slash like punky bratty song it's called out of my head parentheses ah yeah yeah um if people have not revisited that absolute stone cold classic i think that's my favorite ashley simpson song actually um in recent memory you gotta go do it weirdly produced by timbaland i think when he was in that like his kind of like imperial phase in the mid 2000s working with like nelly furtado and justin timberlake and all those people yeah very different song for him but super good um i met i i kind of miss ashley simpson um you too i do agree with you that potential breakup song is better than come clean for the reasons you have already stated though come clean is like a pretty perfect example of that like max martin light inspirational pop music that like that was a good era for stuff like that like natasha beddingfield unwritten yeah like, that was the only times where like time. inspirational pop like kind of worked a little yeah bit. everything since then has just been like a nightmare yeah we talked about the mm-hmm. I don't want to get I don't want people to get mad at me for saying this but like we we talked about the Lizzo album a few months ago on this podcast and Mm -hmm. how like inspiration in the Instagram age is already like a losing battle like when you like you just cannot you cannot make like super uplifting like positive music without making it sound like very slogany um and the Lizzo album is like an entire, it's just all slogans. Album of that. Yeah. Um, it was very much Megan Trainer being like, oh, you, you like that? Let's do eight more, eight more of these. <laughs> and Tom, I mean, she's she's in her like queen era again, finally, too. Though, I, what do you think about that song? I actually don't think I've listened to it all the way. In the unfold? No, I haven't either. I only know the yeah. chorus, but like I know I don't the think chorus. I need to be and I don't think I need to because what we do know is that I could have my Gucci on. Yeah. And that's she, all that matters. It is all that matters. I I don't remember what podcast I was listening to recently where someone said that it sounds like um a song that like a toddler dancing to it would be like the cutest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. That's that's a perfect way to put it. Um, I don't know that the TikTok song economy is so depressing. I'm glad like Antihero is like everywhere because I think that's like a genuinely very good song. But 
Yeah. Otherwise, the main songs that like go popular on TikTok are just very bleak. They're not good, and then everybody just knows like the chorus and nothing else. Yeah, and because like the... they've heard it a million times. Even like my parent, like my my dad's watching like TikToks via Facebook. Yeah, and it's like the same sounds that I'm hearing, and yeah. he's like sixty. <laughs> And that shouldn't be happening. Like I, I think that shouldn't there, be we, happening. What happened to dignity in this country? Like we we just there's a dignity shortage and no sign of turning that around anytime soon. I do want to shout out an actually good TikTok song though that is reasonably popular. I actually don't know. That might maybe it's just in my like little corner. It is called Girlfriend by Hemlock Springs. And if people oh yeah, it's like 10,000 streams. That's like not bad. Um in like two weeks. It is, it sounds like a, a, like a really good Marina and the Diamond song. And I encourage people to go check that out because I would like that kind of like weird, um, like alt girl quirky stuff to act like if it's done well, like that's what I would like to like see be popular. Not like made you look. Not made you look. But I'm happy for Megan Trainer. I'm not, you know, I like, I don't find anything objectionable about Megan Trainer. Outside she, of like a is, lot of her music, but yeah, outside of most of her music, her as a person though seems lovely. She seems like a great person. I bet she would be fun to hang out with, and she seems funny too. And yeah. I have an unpopular opinion. I actually really like the song all about that bass. I think it's a fun. I haven't listened to it in a long time, but like I kind of liked it at the time. At the, yeah, like, I don't think it's one of those things you can listen to in 2022 because it's like, <laughs> it is so frozen in amber in 2014. Like, it is the most, like, BuzzFeed pop song I can imagine. And we're just not yes. gonna, we're not gonna, like, be in that era anymore. Like, it just sounds so, like, stale and dated. And the same way that, like, something like I Got a Feeling is, like, so stuck in 2009 like like terminally stuck in 2009 yeah yeah you you simply can't listen to it without like mentally going back there yeah and I don't I don't know there's a lot of good music in 2009 but like I I mean that wasn't a good year like that that was a horrible year for me personally I mean I was I was fat nasty and broke like braces it didn't get my contacts like not my skin had not been figured out like things were bleak and like listen to i got a feeling did not really like lift me out of that doldrum you know you couldn't quite feel the feeling yet no and then by the time i could it wasn't 2009 anymore so like i couldn't listen to i got a feeling so now <laughs> we had to move on Who's like our black eyed peas these days? Like Mitski? Like that's that's the feeling <laughs> I'm stuck in. <laughs> like Licky Lee. Okay, she is like people. I was on her Spotify page the other day. She has hundreds of millions of streams on really? dozens of songs. I had no idea she was that popular. I didn't either. I feel like not to not to think that i'm the, the thought leader of music but i feel like nobody i know like really listens to her much i think our little online circle is really into her but like we're also like yeah. 
weird gay guys like yeah <laughs> i mean like the the cottage industry of weird gay guys cannot be <laughs> single-handedly propping this woman up like i that just doesn't like there There's are not, not like, enough hundreds of, of thousands of us like doing this on a regular basis one of my most treasured memories of the past few years was going to her garage sale and <laughs> in um in silver lake back when i was living in la and it was late may it was a thousand degrees outside and um friend of the pod four to boys and i went on saturday like whatever saturday it was to like go check out to see and she had the weirdest assortment of shit i walked out of there with like terry cloth like vintage 70s gym shorts that I'm, i was like why do you own these um but they were <laughs> What twin did you steal these from? Yeah, like exactly. Like these are like a, a backup dancer shorts. But I'm like, who's backup dancing to a legal song? <laughs> and then, um, but she was there. Obviously, she was in like witch garments, like black wool, head to toe, in like ninety degree heat. And I like talked to her for a little bit, and like I still have her Venmo. Like she's like friends with me <laughs> on Venmo right now because I bought um shorts and got forda got a laquan mcdonald one piece glitter suit that she wore in the late night feelings music video oh my god so I thank you I for the one <laughs> that's sustainable fashion right there like that's she's a sustainable you... queen if you have my... Memo, can you send her like five dollars and just ask her to get the next album kind of speed it up so I mean, it's very easy to forget that there was a new Legally album this year, and just oh, came yeah. and went. Came and went. Oh my god, I did forget about. Well, I liked a few of the songs, but it was same. not not great though. It wasn't so sad, so sexy. That's crazy to me that that's the one that people love so much from her too. Because like, I like a lot of so sad, so sexy, but it feels very like. 2018 like moody vibey pop in a way that like I didn't really love at the time and like I I those her first um three albums I think are all stone cold masterpieces though yeah and thank god like the songs of hers that are popular on Spotify there's like a smattering from like everything and lest we forget there's a legally and Drake song so taste is what is it he raps on a remix of little bit I think it's from his first. Really? I don't remember what project it's from from him. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! I forgot about that. Yeah, he was in his like. I mean, Drake used to be like really on. I mean, he still is online, but like yeah. he was like curating tastemakers online, and like he yeah. did a lot of these kind of like indie remixy stuff like around the same time that um, like Take Care was coming out, like. I mean, he worked with, like, Jamie XX and stuff. Like, he has, like, Drake has good taste. He just, like, yeah. is annoying. Yeah. And both he's these the original, He's the original quirky, annoying girl. Yeah. Quirk, quirked up shorty with a lot of opinions. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I mean, but who are we, though? I mean, we're, we're that's that's exactly what we're doing here. And what we have done here. Mike, just this two, has been... two quirked up white boys. <laughs> just, like talking about absolute nonsense for hours on end but Mike this has been a thrill 
we covered so much ground today. We left no stone. Um, what's the stoned? I don't remember how. No stone un, unturned. Unturned. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> that like it, it was. We we've we've taken the world on and conquered it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And one, the only stone we forgot to turn over was we somehow did not mention the name Carly Kloss at all. So to get Shame. her involved, I'm just going to say not even to dinner with the Kushners. Not even to, not even to dinner with the Kushners. She is not, um, I don't think she's worthy of commentary these days, but um, where no. can people find you on social media if you'd like to be found? Um, you can find me on Twitter at MivelXCX. Um, that's M-I-V-E-L-X-C-X. Yeah. And uh, I cannot recommend that follow up. I truly think you are one of the funniest people on Twitter. And I, you make me laugh on, I shit you on a daily basis. So I constantly, one of the few like sane people currently working. Oh. Oh my god, that's the sweetest thing you've ever said. I don't know that I would say sane, but love the love the accolades. And that's humility. Humility that's culture really wins curious. again. Um <laughs> you can you can find me on Twitter at FKA Pigs with the Z, um, on Instagram at Drew Haskins with Z's, and follow uh Crisis Twink Pod on Twitter and Instagram for direct updates from the podcast itself. And girls room will be back this episode comes out on november 30th we're back me and julia are back on november 30th too i believe at 8 p.m eastern time um and i might be mixing up the guests so maybe i won't even say it, but i'm pretty sure we're having the writer nick newman on and if i'm wrong about that i'm sorry for spreading misinformation but uh, not that sorry all right bye everyone like what you just heard go to the show notes and whatever podcast app you're listening to this on and click the donation link